Welcome to Windsor Christian Fellowship Church Podcast. Our church vision is to win generations to Christ, connect them to His master plan, empower them to succeed, and grow the kingdom of God. For other podcast resources or more information about Windsor Christian Fellowship, please visit us at www.wcf.ca. Okay, so let's jump into today's message. Today's message, I felt like when I was praying and asking God, you know, what, what is it, Lord, that you want me to share about and talk about? And I feel like today's message is really, really uh, a word from the Lord and, and a message that is timely and that we really needed, especially as we're coming out of COVID and lockdowns and shutdowns and beginning to stretch our social muscles again. And I think we're getting a little stiff. Some of you guys have atrophied maybe on the couch or whatever and gotten, you know, your yoga pants are permanently on or your pajamas and you're not getting out of the house and we need to like get out there again and, and be with people, be with the community. And how many of you know, I say God does everything through. Oh, I didn't, my goodness. Some of you aren't listening. Let's try again. God does everything through. Yes, he does. But how many of you know the enemy does everything through relationships as well. And in these last two and a half years, almost three years, the enemy has been working overtime to separate relationships, to come against relationship, to come against community, to come against connection. And he has been working overtime to isolate, to segregate, to separate people. And if he can get you alone, he's got you right where he wants you and he can attack you because you're alone. And over, you know, a short period of time, yep, I believe the man and woman of God, we can, we can stand up to that. But over long periods of segregation and isolation, loneliness and discouragement set in. And the enemy can attack. And that's exactly where he wants us to be, especially when he has gone overtime and sowing fear into the world. And unfortunately, if we're honest, much of that fear has gotten into the body of Christ and we have been afraid and we have allowed the lockdown to stop us from being who God has created us to be. So in this message of sharing hospitality um, and, but not, I want to try to open it up and I want to talk about, I want to simplify hospitality a little bit. I don't want to talk about hospitality in the way that we kind of uh, know it today. I want to. I want to go back so we can go forward and, and reframe hospitality um, from a Christian perspective, a biblical perspective. Um, I want to just bring hospitality right down to its roots, where the reality and the realness of openness and being friendly and just sharing with one another and being real with one another becomes something that we do again because that's who we are and that's who God made us to be. Amen. So. How many of you have heard this word around the church, discipleship? How many? Okay, so discipleship is, um, discipleship and hospitality, they're married together. In fact, I'm going to go as far to say that you cannot have discipleship without hospitality. To separate Discipleship and hospitality would be to separate the cross from the gospel of Jesus Christ. They cannot, it cannot happen. It cannot be done. We must have 
biblical hospitality in order to have discipleship, in order for that to happen, that doing life together. But hospitality has to be about uh, what's real. What is life, real life and doing life together? And so I want to really kind of break that down and talk about some barriers that we have in today for hospitality other than COVID. Let's put COVID aside. We all know that just hindered everything. (laughs) So um, I want to talk about the difference between hospitality and entertaining and what that looks like. And there's there's differences between the two. So um, I want to start with Romans 12, verse 13. And uh, we read it in today's key verse, but I want to focus on that. It says, when God's people are in need, be ready to help. Always be ready to, always be eager to practice hospitality. The Amplified Version says, pursue the practice of hospitality. And I I just want to stop there for a second and say, it's so important that we practice, and I'm going to go into that a little more, practice hospitality now. Because church, there's going, because we need to get like, ready and, and fit and in that lifestyle, that practice, that way of learning and growing and being hospitable because church, there's coming a time where we won't have church and hospitality and, and being and welcoming and opening and having fellowship together in homes is going to be church. And that it's something that we don't have to get used to. We're already used to it. And we just We can't have church in church. That's okay. We're already doing it. We're already living life. We're already being hospitable. We're already welcoming and gathering in homes, sharing um, at the table. And so this this, uh, message is called Come to the Table. And I'm going to talk about lots of things that happen through hospitality at the table. So I want to talk about practice. So to practice in the Greek means diokontes. And its meaning is to actively, aggressively pursue, to earnestly pursue. It was really funny. I was sharing bits and pieces with this message with Pastor RJ, and I was reading to him this part, and he said, ha, 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 too funny. I, you can tell him I was actively and aggressively pursuing you, and I was trying to make you mind. <laughs> oh, yes, yeah, this is kind of true. <laughs> you were actively and aggressively. He, and it says here in the next um, definition, Earnestly desiring to overtake and apprehend. So I believe our Pastor Arjun was earnestly desiring to overtake and apprehend me. And he did. He was successful. Um, but do we do those things? Honestly, if we ask ourselves, let's locate ourselves right now. Do we do those things when we're pursuing people to share the gospel of Christ? Do we do those things? Are we aggressively pursuing earnest in our desire to overtake and apprehend someone to share with them the gospel and, and present and give them hospitality. And I want to talk to you about hospitality um, in Jewish culture and what it really meant and what it looked like. Hospitality uh, in the Greek is philoneskia, and it means uh, philos, friend, and xenos, stranger. And it means to prop, to give warmth, and friendliness to strangers, to share in generosity by an invitation into one's home. And philoxnia, my goodness, these words, um, means the love of strangers, to give 
and openness to strangers. So let's start with food. Who here is a foodie? I am a foodie. I love good food. And I feel like as I read through the gospels, I read through all, actually all the Bible, God was about food, man. He was a foodie. Jesus was a foodie. And if you read through the gospels, especially in Luke, you can read about Jesus coming from a meal, going to a meal, talking about a meal, or inviting himself to have a meal in your home. So Jesus was all about the table and coming to the table. And so much of the culture was all about coming to the table. And in Middle Eastern culture, in Jewish culture, um, I happen to know a little bit about it because I am Lebanese. And when I was younger, you know, I don't know what happened. I feel like um, not, not my generation, but the generation before me, we really kind of like, like lost it in grabbing a hold of hospitality and family and coming together and eating. And we have allowed the busyness of life and this and that and all kinds of stuff allowed us to separate us at the table. And the purest, most wonderful, most amazing thing is coming together just to share a meal. No agenda, no nothing, just come together with some good food to sit together and to share a meal and all that happens there at the table. Um, So in Middle Eastern culture, in Jewish culture, hospitality is, it's huge. It's everything. It's essential. It is, it is life. It's breath, it's, it's breath to them. And why that is because as in Jewish culture, hospitality meant that it was a, an actual physical, practical demonstration of who they, who they viewed God to be and who he was in their life. So when a Jewish person welcomed you in their home, I'm going to read this scripture first. It was, it's Psalm 34, 8. And it's, um, I'm reading just part of it. It says, taste and see that the Lord is good. So for a Jewish person, when they were extending hospitality to you and they were welcoming to you, you into their home, it meant that when you left that home, you had tasted the Lord. You knew who the Lord was and what he was about. And it wasn't what was the center of their home. It was who was the center of their home. How many of you are familiar with the phrase, home is where the heart is? And how many of you know the phrase, the way to someone's uh, uh, heart is through their stomach? So here we have our beautiful table at the table right here, which has been set up so, so wonderfully. And in Jewish culture, when they gathered around and extended hospitality, they were extending not just a physical place to stay, which was a part of who God was, which was warmth, sanctuary, peace, love, compassion, care, mercy, all of those things. But they were willing to share all of those things because it was an extension of who God was because their God was Jehovah. Their God was Jehovah Jireh. He provided for them. And out of that extension of their God who provided for all their needs, why would they not share everything that they had because their God provided for everything. So they shared everything because they knew God provided for everything. And they didn't want because they were willing to share. And if they, and even if, even to the, to the lowest of society, I, I don't have time to go into all of this, but even for the ones who were beggars on the streets, they shared and gave and showed hospitality amongst themselves. Like it's, 
it's too much to go into. When I started, oh my gosh, it was mind-blowing. When I really started, God was just blowing me away with everything that he was showing me about hospitality and how much it meant in Jewish culture and how we have strayed so far away from that and complicated it so much instead of making it just about sharing the love of God. And see, the center of hospitality is humility. That's the center. Because in Jewish culture, all you cared about was you were extending hospitality to the person who came. It was all about them. It was not about you. It's all about them. How can I help you? How can I serve you? What do you need? I'll feed your animals. I'll water your animals. I'll provide you sanctuary, refuge, warmth, uh, care, compassion, love. If you needed, like, you need to stay, you got sanctuary. Like, they were willing to share it all. And I know, like, for me growing, um, for me growing up, those big family dinners are some of my earliest memories of all of us gathered at the table. And always there was somebody I didn't know because everybody was bringing somebody to the table. And that's the, the heart of the home where somebody was always welcomed at the table. I remember when um, Pastor RJ and I were first dating and we would get together, he would come over and we would get together. And I had to warn him, I'm like, okay, listen, this is how we roll here, okay? If they offer you something, just say yes. And say, and she's gonna wanna feed you and hug you and love on you and just say yes to everything. Because if you don't, if you say no, all she's gonna do is gonna keep asking you again and again until you say yes. So just off the hip hop, say yes. <laughs> and thank you very much. Because when you walk into the, a home, especially for, for us, when I was growing up, it was all about providing that. It wasn't about, it wasn't about the show. It was about what can I do to bless you and to offer to you to show you that you are welcome here warmth and friendliness. And when you left the home, all you tasted was Jesus. All you tasted was love and compassion and warmth at the table when we came to the table. Um, the other thing I wanted to talk about when I was, I was going to talk the difference between hospitality and entertainment is ego. Entertainment is all about performing and making sure everything is perfect, staged, edited, and set up perfectly. It's exhausting if you have to live that way all the time and try to perform and try to be, and it's fake. It's not about real. And if we're making this and marrying discipleship with hospitality together, hospitality and discipleship is about what's real, about what's true, about what's genuine when you come into the home. You know, potluck dinners and everybody sharing the burden when we come together at the table. How often, like Jesus, you know, he was all around having dinner at everybody's table and everybody, I'm sure, uh, brought food. We all brought food. It wasn't just on my grandmother to bring all the food. Everybody contributed. Everybody brought something. Everybody brought something to the table. And we all contributed. And that meant it wasn't all about the show. It wasn't all about trying to make things look just so. It, was, it wasn't on me and how I look and getting into people pleasing and getting into how I look and how my house looks and if it's clean. How many of you have somebody that helps you clean the house and all you do is clean the house before they come? Because you don't want them to see the mess and then you go clean the house, but you have somebody coming to clean the house. I mean, I mean, that's, why are we doing that? 
We do, we have to, we don't invite people over to come into our home when our home is actually, especially in Jewish culture, the most genuine, the most purest, the most welcoming place in the center of the heart of God in the Jewish home. So your home should be the center, the heart, the place, the heart of God where somebody tastes and sees that the Lord is good from your home. And I'll get into talking about how, you know, I know for some of us, it's difficult to entertain in a home, especially if you're um, you renting rooms and stuff and you don't have all of that. But again, the simplicity of hospitality is what you have to give, you just share. That's, it's, it's that simple. And you don't have to, you shouldn't, we shouldn't be afraid to share what we have because our God, if we believe the same, is more than enough. And what we, he's given me, I hold on loosely to and I give it out to share to him so people can taste and see that the Lord is good. Even in the mess and the chaos, all of it. Um, you know, when your kids are little, I know we had four children in uh, five years, all five and under, four of them. And I felt like sometimes, can I really have people over? Like, is there anywhere for anybody to sit even? Like I got exercisers and bouncy castles and not castles, but bouncy chairs and all these different things all over the place. My house was babyfied, you could say. I had everything everywhere. And that can, why does that have to stop you? Especially if you're a young mom, invite all, you know, as many young moms as you can to the house and share at the table. Bring it all together. It doesn't have to be perfect. It's not supposed to be perfect. It's supposed to be real. It's supposed to be authentic when we're connecting and talking and sharing with one another. Um, Competition and comparison will suck the joy out of you. And you will not want to be hospitable if you keep comparing yourself to what somebody else has and how they do it. Don't be concerned about how they are doing it. You do what God has told you to do and you welcome people into your home and be more concerned about have they tasted Jesus when they've entered my home and they've left my home and they feel like it was all about them and not about me having to show off and make it just so. It doesn't have to be when I welcome somebody into my home that I have all matching plates. It's okay to have chairs that don't match. It's okay to have place settings that don't match. Silverware that doesn't match. If you come to my house, you're for sure gonna find silverware that doesn't match and chairs that have the leather scratches. I've got kids, man. They've ripped the leather. They've like broken plates, chipped. And if I could go into all of that and all of it symbolizes, oh my gosh, like I said, I have to, I have to do a series. I don't have time for all of it. But at the table, it's okay to come as you are. It's okay because Everyone is unique. Everyone is special. Everyone comes with struggles and baggage and being broken or chipped, worn, feeling a little out of place and mismatched. Everyone has something, but they bring it to the table. Proverbs eleven twenty four says, give freely and become more wealthy. Be stingy and lose everything. Philippians 2.3 says, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others, but be humble. Thinking of others is better than yourself. 
I've, I've read this statement and it said, don't think less of yourself, just think of yourself less. Can you got that? And if you're waiting, you know, your salvation, if you think that you're going to arrive and you're waiting before you reach this certain point in your Christianity, before you can ever open your mouth and share Jesus because you feel like your life is too broken and you can't extend kindness, hospitality, warmth to someone, you'll never do it. Now is the time, especially when hospitality is about being genuine, being real, being honest to share about the story that God has done in your life. When you walked into a Jewish person's home and they shared their story, their home shared their story about what God had done in their life. And it's the same for us. If you're waiting to lead, to practice discipleship, now is the time. You're never gonna arrive at a place where you feel like ready to lead. If, if I felt that way, I wouldn't be up here because it's not about you. It's about what God is supposed to be doing in you and then through you because it's not about what you, your gifts and abilities, all glory and honor are supposed to go to God. All of it is supposed to go to him. So we need to be practicing these things, pursuing these things and to give to people as a matter of our lifestyle, as a matter of who we are as God's children, as God, as, as we, the church. So what happens at the table? At the table, how many would say that usually the heart of the home is usually the kitchen, the family room, table is where everybody usually congregates, right? Um, and at the table, generations come together, young and old here at the table. You know, how many of you watch this, the show Heartland? One, the, the thing I say to my kids all the time um, is every episode, every episode, you're gonna see them sitting together at the table, having dinner together. And, I'm, and I remember watching it at the beginning, going and telling my kids and saying, God, I hope they don't get rid of that. That is the best part of the show. That they come together every single episode, they're at the table young and old, and oh, and, and like, I don't know how many episodes, like three quarters of them, there's always somebody different at the table. They welcome the stranger. They show hospitality. They share everything that they have. Wisdom and knowledge, culture, tradition is passed around at the table. You know, there's somebody's, uh, I know I have a couple good friends and I go to their house and they're getting together with extended family and I love going over. And when I go over, it's just, hey, how are you? You know, and everything. And they're still cooking and everything. And I go and I'm like, yeah, can I help you? They're like, yeah. And they put you to work and they're like, they're making this, making that. And as we're making it, we're chatting, we're talking. And they're teaching me how to make something about their culture, how to do something with them. And we're engaging and we're connecting and we're talking. And that, that is happening through hospitality at the table. In, in my own, our own life, my, my favorite story of my situ, my grandmother, my, my, one of my favorite memories of her is um, she was trying to teach my brother, Joe, how to make kibbe. And if you're Middle Eastern and you're Lebanese, you know what I'm talking about because kibbe is the center of the table, okay? That meant everything to us. We don't need turkey. We don't need any of that stuff. Kibbe was what it was all about. 
And I don't know why none of us ever thought about what it took to make the kibbe. She said, they made it look easy. But as, as she was getting older, you know, it wasn't getting as easy. And my brother was like, you know, somebody's got to carry on the torch here. We got to have somebody make the kibbe. And I'm like, well, here you go. Make the kibbe. And so Situ was teaching him how to make the kibbe in the kitchen. And we were, there was, a, I don't know, like eight, ten of us in the kitchen, mom. And we were all just there chatting, watching, making fun of my brother because he was like make, cooking, making the kibbe. And he was saying to, he was, my grandmother had her hands over his hands and she was teaching him how to make the kibbe. And in order to make the kibbe, you have to mix the, wa- the water that goes in the kibbe has to be ice cold. We're talking frostbite, like frigid cold. And I don't know why, but I didn't even think of it at the time. But man, does that like do a number on your hands? And my brother is like going, like, holy cow, like, sit through, I can't take it anymore. What are you, I get my hands out of this kibbe. My hands are falling off. I can't feel them anymore. Because he was trying to mix the kibbe, but the, the water has to be very cold so bacteria doesn't grow. And so she put her hands over his hands and she, and as if to try to warm them up and looked him straight in the eye and said, I make the kibbe and I do this for you because I love you. This is everything. Family is everything. And we did like all the chatter stopped. Everything stopped. And we were just all looking at Situ and we were all, and then she looked at us and she said, I love you, all of you. This is why I make the kippy. And we were all like teary-eyed, and my brother too. And you know, he's a jokester, you know, too much seriousness, he can't take it. So in order to cut the moment, he, said, he, he, he looks at us and says, I love Situ, I'll do this for Situ. I don't know if I love all y'all that much. <laughs> so I don't think I'm gonna do this much for you guys. And it, it was such a, a beautiful moment, a moment that I'll remember of my grandmother forever. But at the table in the kitchen, wisdom was shared. You know, when Jesus was at the table, going to all those dinners, coming from every dinner, inviting himself to dinners, Jesus always told a story and shared wisdom at the table. When he sat down to teach the word of God, he shared at the table. In, in the Old Testament, what does it say to talk about, to share, to teach about what the Lord has done continually in your coming and your going and your eating? Everything that you did coming together to get, it meant talking, communicating, sharing, laughing, celebrating together as a family. In the early church, in Acts 2.42, it says, all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper. You know what else happens at the table? Healing happens at the table here. No matter what it is, whether physical, spiritual, emotional, mental, all of it, that happens at the table when you come to the table, the center. Remember, it's not what's the heart of your home, it's who's the heart of your home, it's who. In Luke 14, the whole chapter is amazing. Like there's so much meat to chew on here. You can't, I can't go through it all. 
In Luke 14, one to five, it says, one Sabbath day, Jesus went to eat dinner in the home of a leader of a Pharisee and the people were watching him very closely. There was a man there whose arms and legs were swollen. So at the table with him eating. And the Pharisees and experts in religious law, it is it permitted to heal people on the Sabbath day or not. And when they refused to answer Jesus, touched the man and healed him and sent him on his way. Coming to the table means coming to the center of God's heart too, because he desires for you to be healed in every way. And you know, I believe, I I believe that there's gonna come a day where they're not gonna be bringing people to the hospital. They're gonna be bringing them here at the church because we are gonna be able to reach over and touch them and say, be healed in Jesus' name. Because here at the church, we are given over. We will be. And we're gonna practice that to hospitality, to sharing God's heart. And as we're doing that, the natural byproduct is, are you not well? Be healed in Jesus' name. And you're going to see the blind see and the lame walk. You're going to see every disease and sickness healed here at the church, not in the hospital, because this is where the center of God's heart is in you. All of you in your table, not just in the church, at your table, when you have somebody at your house and they are sharing with you, you're not well, let me pray with you. Be healed in Jesus' name. They're gonna bring them to the Christian that they know believes in the God who heals and extending hospitality. Because the hospitality you extend is a reflection of who you believe God is. Do you believe God to be who he says he is? And do they taste that when they come into your home? Are they leaving with that when they've left your home? Who do you invite to dinner? Oh my gosh, I don't even have, I don't have time to get into all of this. But in a word, your neighbor. Who is your neighbor? Well, let's just, I'll try to frame it for you this way. Today here, you're at church. And if you look around, you might see somebody to the left and to the right of you, and they could be your neighbor. But next Sunday, when you come to church, you could be sitting somewhere else and you look to the left or to the right of you and they're your neighbor. If you're out and about, it's basically, who is your neighbor? Anybody you can reach out and touch is your neighbor. Who do you invite? The word of God says that some have even entertained angels and not even known it. Why, did it, why does that happen? Because you're not looking for the familiar face. Because if uh, you're not looking for your best friend, you're looking for the person, that, the stranger to extend warmth and hospitality. And some have entertained angels and not even known it. Wouldn't that be awesome? That we're extending that. Luke 14, 12 says, then he turned to his host and he said, when you put on a luncheon or a banquet, he said, don't invite your friends, your brothers, your relatives, your rich neighbors, for they will just invite you back. That'll be your only reward. Instead, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind. At the resurrection of the righteous, God will reward you for inviting those who could not repay you. Remember, 
The difference between, another difference between entertaining and hospitality is entertaining is all about exclusivity, the who's who in the invite list. Hospitality is about this, inviting everyone and anyone who you, who the Holy Spirit leads you to that you extend kindness, you extend warmth, you extend friendliness, you extend a smile. Here at church, you wait, you practice hospitality by smiling. Everybody smile for me. Smile big. Warmth, friendliness. You know how many barriers you break down with just a simple smile? Hello. Hi, my name is. Embrace the awkward. Okay, we know it's awkward sometimes to meet new people. Embrace it, acknowledge it, say hi. I know this can be awkward. My name is Mary. I'm so happy that you're here at church today. I haven't made your acquaintance. Took me five seconds to say, it doesn't have to end. Bright face, a smile. Hi, I'm so happy to meet. Not hi, I'm me, my name is. Wow, I'm, they're so happy to have met you. <laughs> so glad this Jesus you know is just amazing and wonderful and he's so happy and cheerful, I see. In order to practice hospitality, we have to be willing to step outside of being comfortable and being willing to go and talk to somebody else. Open your circle. Open it up. Be willing to say hello to the new face, to invite somebody. You know, sometimes you can't have somebody over. There's various reasons why, but there's, invite them out for a coffee. Buy them a coffee at the cafe. Sit down, chat with them. Hi, you're new here. How can I help you? Can I, what can I do to serve you? Hospitality here in church. What can I do to make it all about you? Be willing to share, to be open, to greet them, to talk with them, to ask them about them. You know, we practice hospitality as a church in every ministry that we have. You know, our evangelism ministry, you go out there, they're practicing hospitality. They're actually bringing the hospitality to them and bringing them the warmth, the care, the compassion, the love, the mercy of God. They're giving hospitality. They're practicing. They are eagerly apprehending to overtake them. Are we doing that in our own lives? When we're going out, do we eagerly apprehend someone to overtake them with being kind and being hospitable? Because if we were church, it would look drastically different if we were. The world would look drastically different if Christians were practicing hospitality. In the true sense, in the pure sense, as, it, as, as I believe the Holy Spirit taught the Israelites and in Hebrew culture, this was a reflection, a demonstration of who their God was when they welcomed you into their home and provided for your every need. And it, it wasn't a short stay in many cases. It was a long stay that they were given. You need, I know many of us, and the, there's a lot, and I've talked to many who are struggling to come out of anxiety and fear from COVID. We need to take some baby steps. <laughs> you need to pray because this is not God's will for you that you stay in this. We need to be willing to say hello, at least, to be kind. And believe me, if somebody is uncomfortable, if they're the stranger here or new here, they'll be like, oh no, sorry, I don't shake hands. Okay, no problem. You know, uh, 
Right away, you've got your boundary. Okay, but there's no reason why you can't say, hey, can I help you? What can I do? Can I get you a coffee? Can I take you somewhere? Do you need help finding something? How can I help you? Even when they have even set a boundary and they're resistant, we can still serve them. We can still love them. We can still help them step out of that anxiety and fear because we're not in anxiety and fear as well. Can I ask you to stand with me? So we're going to receive communion right now. And we're going to come to the Lord's table. The very first communion was done at the Lord's table. Jesus at the table sharing a meal with his disciples broke bread for the very first time communion with his disciples sharing a meal. And I don't even have time to go into this, all of the significance after and studying what it meant when he got up and he washed their feet in humility at the table. At the table. And doing so with men who he knew would betray him, deny him, and run away and hide at the table. But Jesus says all are welcome at the table, all of them. And at the Lord's table, God is inviting us to come to the table uniquely set with mismatched chairs and place settings and forks because you are unique and God has your name set at your place setting at the Lord's Supper. He has a place for you, even though you might feel worn like the silverware, mismatched and awkward. You don't have matching silverware. That's okay. Maybe you felt out of place. Jesus says, I welcome you to my table and you don't have to feel that way. My love, there's no condemnation here at the table. And just, I want to open up the altar, which is our table for all of us today. At any point, you can come down to this altar today right now and come to the Lord's table as you are. If you don't know the Lord, may I invite you to come to the altar at, at his table where he has the name for you waiting for you. Just as you are, maybe you're feeling worn and broken Maybe you're chipped. God loves you just as you are. And next to you is someone who is at the table as well, who is not perfect, who is in imperfection just like you, but we serve a perfect God. So as we take communion today, I want to I wanna read this scripture is Luke 14, 21 to 24. And it says, the servant returned and told his master what they had said. His master was furious and said, go quickly into the streets and the alleys of the town and invite the poor, the crippled, the blind and the lame. After the servant had done this, he reported, there is still room for more. So the servant, so the master said to the servant, go out into the country lanes and behind the hedges in other words, look for those who are hiding. Be willing to come out. The altar is open. God will meet you right where you're at. The table is open. 
Urge anyone you find to come so that the house may be full. For none of those I first invited will even get the smallest taste of my banquet. And I don't even have time to go into that. But Jesus prepared his table and his body was broken for us at the table with his disciples. And he asked us to do this in memory of him. So I really feel like there should be more people down at this altar. As a matter of fact, there should be quite a bit because all of us need to come to the Lord's table. All of us are broken and bruised and chipped and worn, especially in this world. And I feel like we're doing a disservice to the Holy Spirit if we're not willing to be honest and step out and be true and real. And we're doing a disservice to each other because then that's not being hospitable. That's not being willing to be honest and say, I'm coming to the Lord's table. And we can even bring a friend to the Lord's table. And it's okay to bring a friend to the Lord's table because he invites everyone. All he asks is that you would believe and accept him. Heavenly Father, I pray I'm asking you, please, Holy Spirit, that we would really and truly, that you would do a work in each of our hearts, in my own heart, I pray, what it truly means, that you are the heart of my home. You are the one who people will taste when they enter my home and leave my home, that I would truly know what it means to serve others and to give to others. And I pray that that heart of hospitality gets on all of us, Lord Jesus. I pray that that heart to be real, to be genuine, to be true, to just be who you've called us to be, but to be okay with the struggle, to be okay to share our story of the struggle with each other, because that blesses another person to be okay to share in the struggle. And at the table, there is help, there is support, there is encouragement, there is love, and there is acceptance there. So I thank you, Lord, that we can receive your body that was broken for us. That you, Lord God, gave us the free gift. That part of entering the Jewish home, all that was given, all the hospitality, all the warmth, all the love, the mercy, the compassion, the provision, nothing was earned. It was all freely given. Nothing was earned and repayment was not demanded. Father, all you ask is that we would believe and receive. So I thank you that we receive this free gift. We receive healing. We receive wholeness. We receive acceptance into the kingdom of God today in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you that as we receive the cup, that we remember, that we remember at the table, the center of it all is your cross, Lord. And that we remember that you gave, you laid down your life, nobody asked you, you did it freely, you gave. Nobody took it from you freely, you gave. I thank you, Lord, that we would be a people. We would be your children, that we would be a church that freely gives 
that freely lays down our life to serve, to show kindness, to show warmth, that we would go out of our way to earnestly pursue and apprehend the stranger, to apprehend that one that you've put on our heart, to embrace them and to show them your love and your mercy, Lord God, so that the world will know and see that we are different, that we are God's children, and that you flow and you work and you move in us and through us to bless this world, Lord, to draw them closer to you, Father, in Jesus' name. So Windsor Christian Fellowship, you have been equipped. Now go and be the church. Amen.